Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. And today I want to talk about praying with the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. The goal is not to put you in bondage and you're like, oh man, I can't mention the devil. I'm not saying that when you're in prayer, but let's grow because all that you know is all that you know, but all that you know is not all there is to know. Let me say that again. All that you know is all that you know, but all that you know is not all there is to know. And so you have to come with humility of heart to say, Lord, I don't know all there is to know about prayer. I've been in ministry 26 years and I still don't know all there is to know about prayer. I'm still learning. I've been saved since I was four and I'm still learning how to study the Bible. Our ministers are going through a class, biblical interpretation, and I'm still learning how to properly interpret the scriptures year after year after year, week after week after week. I'm learning how to pray. I'm learning how to pastor. I'm learning how to be a better minister. Come on, we, we, we're in a season, and you should always be in the season of growing. So learning how to pray. So today I'm going to talk about praying with the Holy Spirit. Prayer is such a, a, a precious grace. I like to call, look at prayer as grace, a, a grace. We have different types of graces. We have the grace to sing, praise and worship, the grace to give, the grace to receive. And then there's the grace to pray. And there's other types of graces, all different facets of grace. You know, the saving grace, standing grace, serving grace, and so forth. The Lord has given us this spiritual discipline so that we can know him better. So as we think about prayer, I want you to see this as a gift from God. Prayer is a gift from God. I've said this for years, for years. You can never go wrong with these three ways of praying, these three. The first is to pray earnestly with your, all your heart, to pray earnestly with all your heart. The Bible exhorts us to pray earnestly and also to do it with our heart. Colossians says, whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord. And so we're to pray earnestly Pray sincerely, pray from our hearts. James talks about the effectual fervent prayer of an earnest person, earnest man, makes much prayer available, much power available. The prayers of the righteous avails much because of that. Then we have praying in other tongues. You can never go wrong by praying in the spirit, what we call praying in the spirit or praying in other tongues. And then the last is praying scriptures praying scriptures. So praying, praying earnestly with your heart, praying in other tongues, and praying scriptures. Praying scriptures. And you can actually add a, a, a sub one, 3A, is praying in sync with scriptures. So you may not necessarily be praying directly scriptures, but you're praying in line with it, in sync with it. And those things we know, if you'll do that, you'll learn how to pray effectively and your prayers will go beyond you and it will reach the ear and the heart of God and God will answer it. We have a scripture. Let's go over there to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 and let's look at verse 14. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 simply says this. And this is the confidence that we have towards him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Let me read this again. And this is the confidence that we have in him or towards him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if I pray his will, I pray in line of his will, then I know that God hears us. I know that God hears me. If I pray his will, there is a time to pray, Lord, let your will be done. But then other times you need to pray, 
the prayer of faith, or the prayer of thanksgiving, the prayer of supplication or petition. And if we pray according to his will, we know that God hears us. If we know that he hears us, then we know that we have what we're asking for. So how do we know his will? That's a question that you could write that on the side of your Bible. How do we know his will? The word of God. The word of God is his will. His will is his word. God has exalted his word above all. He, we see he exalted his name and his word together above all else. So his word is powerful. There's a scripture in Jeremiah chapter one. Let's go over there. Scripture in Jeremiah chapter one. We're talking about praying with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people pray without the help of the Holy Spirit. I have been guilty of that, of praying without the help of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah chapter one. Jeremiah chapter one, and it talks about, and I, I cannot seem to find it, but it says this, I'm, I'm doing it from memory. It says that I've watched over my word to perform it. Actually, it's Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12. Then the Lord said, in, said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. That's Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12. I am watching over my word to perform it. God watches over his word to perform it. God watches over his word to perform it. So if I'm praying his word, God is watching over his word to bring that word to pass. Isaiah 55 says God, God's word will not return unto him void. So make sure that you're praying the word of God or praying in sync with the word and alignment with the word. And God is going to hear you when you pray. God is going to hear you when you pray. So again, praying earnestly with your heart, with all of your heart, praying in other tongues and praying in praying the scriptures. And then we have the sub three A is praying in line with the scriptures. Praying, prayer is designed by God for his people to communicate with him. God has given us prayer to communicate with him. We, we, God, God communicates through, to us through the scriptures and by his Holy Spirit. We communicate to God by prayer. Prayer is a, a vehicle in which we talk with the Father. The highest, type, the highest type of praying you and I can do is fellowshipping or having sweet communion with Father God with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, having sweet communion. We need, we need to grow in prayer where it's beyond just praying for our needs, praying for the loss, praying for other people, praying for situations, but simply praying it to have sweet communion with the triune God. That is the highest type of praying that we can do. It's praying to fellowship with Father God, praying to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, praying to fellowship with the Son. That, that God is calling us to grow in that. Do you need to pray for others? Absolutely. Do you need to intercede for others? Absolutely. Do you need to make petitions, your petitions made known to God? You better believe it. But there is a higher type of praying. And that's just to simply pray and fellowship with Father God, fellowship with Jesus and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How, what, what, are, how, what are you talking about, Pastor Dwayne? I'm talking about when you come before God, I'm going to give you an example. Father God, I come boldly before your throne of grace and I just want to fellowship with you. I want to know you. I want to love on you, Father. Father, I love you and I worship you. And I adore you. May your name be hallowed in, my, in our lives. Father, I love you with all my heart. Father, I love you. Jesus, you are everything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Son of the living God. You are the living word. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading and guiding and directing. I worship you. I, I, I love to be in your presence. Father, I thank you for adopting me. Thank you for 
Oh, call, calling me unto yourself, calling me out of darkness into your marvelous light so that I can bring forth praises. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about growing in prayer beyond just asking for things. You need to ask for things. You need to intercede, but you need to grow beyond that. It cannot, prayer, prayer is, there are many facets, many different aspects of prayer. And what I'm telling you is that at the core of prayer is spending time with God, not for your needs to be met, not for praying for others, but simply fellowshipping with him. Think about your kids, perhaps if you have kids or a friend. And every time they come to you or be around, or they're around you is they're asking you for something. Can you buy me this or can I have this? Can I borrow that? That's fine. But if all your relationship is based on what you can do for them, I don't know about you, but I, I, get, I would get tired of that. Is our relationship more than you asking for me to do something for you? <laughs> it has to be more. And I'm telling you the same way naturally we feel about someone else just being around us for what we can do for them. God wants us to be around him for more than what he can do for us, more than to answer answering that prayer, but simply fellowshipping and loving on him. There's a scripture in John. It talks about if you all love, I'm paraphrasing, if you all love on Jesus, the father will love on you. So as we come before his throne to love on Jesus, the father God will love on us. The spirit of God will minister to us. And the Bible talks about that our, we will become the house of God or the abode. Jesus and the Father will come and make their, their dwelling place in us. See, it's okay to pray for a visitation from God, but we want a, a habitation. We want the Lord to dwell. He, he is in us simply because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we want that manifestation of the habitation of God. God wants to manifests himself to us and in us. He wants to complete the work that he started in us. He wants to conform us to his son, Jesus. Why does the father want us to be like Jesus? So that we can have sweet fellowship with father like Jesus does. The father and Jesus have the unhindered, uninterrupted fellowship. I'm talking about going beyond relationship. Everybody's big on, I got a relationship with God. Yeah, the judge and the, the person who's going to be judged, a relationship, right? To have a relationship is a matter of birth, but to have fellowship is a matter of choice. Relationship, you're born to your relatives, but fellowship is that you decide to spend time with someone. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. We'll come, come back to Romans. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And let's look at verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You and I have been called to fellowship with Father God. We've been called to fellowship with Father God. God wants us to fellowship with his son. He wants us to fellowship with his with with his spirit, and he wants us to fellowship with himself, with the Father. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. None of this is in my notes. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And let's look at verse 14. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this, In the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So we saw from 1 John, I mean 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God is faithful who's called us into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ. And verse and, and 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So we see that God called us to fellowship with his son. 
and he called us to fellowship with his spirit. Let's go over to 1 John. 1 John. We're talking about prayer being the highest type of praying we can do is fellowship with Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 1 John chapter 1. Let's look at verses 2 and 3. It says, and the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was manifest to us. That which we have seen, that which we've heard, we proclaim also to you that you, too, may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So we see here that God wants us to have fellowship with the Father and with his Son and with the Holy Spirit from the Scriptures. And then if you jump down to verse 7, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. So we see a fourth type of fellowship, fellowship with his son, God's called us to fellowship with his son, Jesus. God's, there's sweet fellowship with the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And then 1 John chapter 1 talks about we have fellowship with the Father and the Son. And then it breaks it down, verse 7. It says, and if we walk in the light, even as he's the light, we have fellowship with one another. So God, so we see fellowship throughout the scriptures. God wants us to fellowship with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he wants us to have sweet fellowship with one another. God, we need to grow beyond just when you get together with brothers and sisters. This is a side note. With brothers and sisters in Christ, it's just not to eat or just to, you know, hang out and play games, but it's to have fellowship around the triune God, around the Father, around the Son, around the Holy Spirit, around our common salvation, as Jude says. That's the highest type of relationship that we can have with one another, fellowship is. And, and the highest type of relationship that we can have with God is fellowship, is you choose to spend time with God. And one of the ways that we choose to spend time with God is through his word, us reading and digesting the word. And it's also through prayer. As we spend time in prayer, we spend time walking and talking and communicating and crying out to him and, and just loving on him and receiving his love. The first step into receiving the love or loving God is to receive his love. The Bible tells us we love God because he first loved us. So the first way we can love God is receive his love that we have. He has for us. Prayer, again, is designed for God and his people to have sweet fellowship. All right. Go with me to Romans 8. This is that was my intro. Romans chapter 8. We're talking about praying with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help us. We're not without help. We're not without direction. We're not confused. Stop saying you're confused. I'm so confused. Stop being confused. Receive the help and the direction from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the greatest person on the earth. We have Father God who is on the throne. Jesus is at his right hand and the Holy Spirit is on the earth. You remember Jesus said throughout the Gospels, he says, I'm going to go away. It is necessary that I go away because I'm going to send you the comforter or I'm going to send you the helper. The Holy Spirit is called the helper. He's been sent to help us. Why don't we receive that ministry of helps from the Holy Spirit? We need to receive that help, embrace the help of the Holy Spirit, rely on the Holy Spirit. He's there now, wherever you are watching this, the Holy Spirit is there where you are right now, ministering to you, waiting for you to open up your heart, waiting for you to embrace his ministry. In Revelation, we see that Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. 
He was talking to believers. He was talking to his church. Imagine Jesus out on the outside of his own church, knocking on the hearts of men and women, waiting for them to open up. And then the Bible says, if those who open up, he'll come in and have dinner or sup with them, or have fellowship with them. The Holy Spirit wants to have sweet fellowship with you every single day. And prayer is a way in which we fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Praying with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, and let's look at verse 26 and 27. Romans 8 says this, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us. I told you he was a helper. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we we, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to to his purpose. So we see these three passages, 26, 27, and 28. The Spirit himself helps us in our weakness. And what is one of our weaknesses? You may see your weaknesses as maybe you are, you don't know how to concentrate. You know, maybe you don't know how to do your job properly. That might be a weakness, right? There are many different weaknesses that we have. But Paul outlines a major weakness and a major weakness that all of us have is we have a weakness when it comes to prayer. We do not know what we should pray for as God has designed it. We are deficient in prayer. The entire body of Christ is deficient in prayer. But the good news is that we have the Holy Spirit who has been sent to help us in our weaknesses. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. This scripture is speaking of our inability to produce results in prayer because we're limited when it comes to our knowledge of how to pray. But the Holy Spirit has been sent to help us to intercede for us on our behalf, praying the will of God. This is talking about tongues. Wow, what do you mean, Pastor Dwayne? It says too deep for words, too deep for human words, too deep for your native tongue, as the Greek gives us uh, insight into it. Verse 27, and he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit, as we yield to him and praying in other tongues, the Holy Spirit will begin to intercede and pray for us according to the will of God. So praying in tongues is praying the perfect will of God. When you and I yield our vocal cords to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God prays the will of God for our lives. So when you're praying in tongues, you're praying the perfect will of God. When you're praying scriptures, you're praying the perfect will of God. So praying with the help of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to influence our prayers, both in tongues and our native language. Once again, our we one of our weaknesses is the inability to produce results in prayer. We do not know how to pray as we should. Some of us, we pray off the wall. <laughs> we pray about everything else but what we should be praying for. How many know that the Spirit of God has an agenda every time you and I pray? Both privately and corporately. And sometimes we think Let's just, we, we say, all right, pray, let's pray. A blanket prayer, a blanket 
just a, a general prayer. Lord, we pray. Da, 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 da. No, the Holy Spirit has an agenda. Remember, he is the third person of the Godhead. He is God. He's been sent to speak of what the Father says and what the, Jesus says. He, he's going to reiterate what the Word of God says. He reminds us of what the Word says. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in our prayer time, both individually as well as corporately. You and I are called to follow the leadership of the Spirit in our prayer time. And those are the prayers that are effective. When we pray out of our flesh, those prayers do nothing. When I say praying out of your flesh, you're just praying, just, you know, Lord, I pray that there'll be no more hunger in the world, hunger in the world. Well, <laughs> that prayer is not going to be answered quite like you are expecting it. The Spirit of God is going to pray something that is on his heart, the Father's heart, Jesus' heart, and his heart. He's going to pray those things. He's going to lead us to pray in line. How many know you can have the right scripture, but the wrong situation for, that, for, for your situation? So you need to follow the leadership of the Lord, of the Holy Spirit. You've heard me say this, and I, I'm going to keep reiterating this until one day it, the light goes off in your head. Faith only works by the leadership of the Spirit. Faith, we're talking about confession, we're talking about speaking the word. That only works when we're led by the Spirit of God. Let me tell you what else works. Prayer works by the leadership of the Spirit. There are a lot of people praying in other religions. There are people who pray all the time. Prayer alone is not enough to get the job done. You need to pray in faith. You need to pray scripturally. You need to pray by the leading of the Spirit. And I want us to grow as a church in prayer by learning to yield to the Spirit of God, learning to follow the Spirit's leading in prayer. You need to be familiar with the passages of the Word. You need to be sensitive. You need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. When, before you pray, whether it's privately or corporately, Holy Spirit, help me to pray. Even as the disciples asked Jesus, to teach them how to pray, I want to challenge you and encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to pray. First, you got to recognize there is a weakness, that you don't know how to pray as you ought. We all are in the same boat, so don't get cocky or prideful when it comes to prayer. Learn how to be humble with humility of hearts, you receive the help of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will not help you if you don't want his help. You can resist him. You can grieve him. You can cause him to depart from you, manifest it, manifest his, his manifested presence to depart from you by, by resisting him. You can frustrate him. You can frustrate God's grace of prayer by not yielding to him. So learn to follow. You, don't, you shouldn't pray for everything that pops in your head. That's one mistake that many believers do. They, everything that comes across their head, they have, to, they have to pray it or have to say it. Don't do that. You need to test whatever comes in your head. Is it scriptural? It's the Spirit of God leading me to pray, especially in a corporate setting. Don't just pray what comes across your head or what you're passionate about. If I'm passionate about children, which I am, if I'm passionate about, oh, we got to save the children. You know, that passion can shape the way I pray. And I, find, and I can find myself praying only about children. Oh, Lord, I pray for the children of the world. We have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and learn how to pray with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent to lead us how to pray. The Holy Spirit has been sent to answer our prayers. Praying in other tongues will produce the will of God in our lives. 
Now, you don't just need to pray in tongues, but you need to pray with your understanding. As we see from 1 Corinthians 14, 14, Paul says, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with my understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the, my understanding also. But I believe the, one of the reasons why the Lord has raised me up is to remind the church of the importance of praying in other tongues. That you can go from different channels all across this world, all across the internet, and you won't find a whole lot of teaching on tongues. You may find some here, some there. The other day I was looking at a church in um, Las Vegas and they actually had a message about praying in tongues. I was so excited. I believe that God wants the church to pray in tongues more. And we don't pray in tongues enough. And this is why he's leading me to share about praying in tongues more. We need to pray in tongues more. We don't do it enough. Some Christians that I know, the only times the only time they pray in tongues is when it's a high service. And when I talk about a high service is when the praise is high, the worship is great, and we, we, and we go off into tongues. That's great and that's cute, but I'm here to tell you about praying in tongues every single day. When you don't feel anything, when it's cold in the morning and the Spirit of God is leading you to wake up, perhaps five o'clock in the morning, and it's cold in your room and you want to stay in the bed and the Spirit of God says, get up and pray. <laughs> I'm talking about praying at your job under your breath. Notice I said under your breath. Don't be, and they're going to lock you up, kick you out, and they should. So learn how to pray underneath your breath. You see, Paul said it like this, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than you all. And the church at Corinth was praying in tongues all the time. They, they had a different motive. They were praying, some of them were praying just to show off, to see how spiritual they were. But if you know the sweet Holy Spirit, you know praying in tongues will strengthen you and help you to pray the perfect will of God, will help you to, to be more conformed to the image of Christ. The Holy Spirit has been sent to intercede for us with groanings too deep for our native tongue, words to be able to understand. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray the perfect will of God for our lives. Do you know God has a will for your life? He, there's the scriptures, there's the general will of God, and then there is a specific will of God. There's no book of PD, the book of PD that we have here. But in order for me to know what God has for me, I must spend time praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues. It was not, it was known in the earlier church that once you receive Christ and you got baptized, you needed to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. So one of the biggest advantages of praying in other tongues is that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray the perfect will of God. God has a will for your life, a perfect will. And you pray it out by praying in other, in other, in other tongues and praying scriptures and praying from the earnest integrity of your heart. Praying in other tongues will produce the will of God in your life. Connect your tongue with your spirit and the Holy Spirit will help you to pray the will of God in perfect articulation. Praying in tongues, the Spirit of God will begin to pray with you concerning things that are, that are contrary to the will of God in your life. The Spirit of God will go after strongholds, go after things that have bound you for years, systems of, 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 uh, and ways of thinking that are holding you back from the perfect will of God. What is that ceiling that is over your head and over your life that will not allow you to go beyond it? Praying in tongues, it will literally break depression, will lead you out of sickness and disease, lead you out of um, dysfunction, this, this dysfunction relationships. The Spirit of God will lead you how to do your job better, lead you how to study, lead you how to remember things. 
Stop relying on yourself and start relying on the precious Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. Don't underestimate the leadership of the Spirit of God. Prayer should be effective. Prayer should be powerful and prayer should be adventurous. It isn't enough to pray a little here, a little there. But if you will allow the Holy Spirit, he'll help you pray beyond your emotions, beyond your understanding. He wants to pray about the will of God. He wants to pray about God's global plan for his for our lives. He wants to pray the will of God in, in general as well as specific. The Holy specific, the Holy Spirit will lead you to in praying in English. Most of you all speak English as your native tongue. That's your your first tongue. Maybe Maybe, maybe not, but perhaps it is. The Holy Spirit will lead you. First, I, I sense there's a question of how do you speak in tongues? Well, you simply ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You say, Jesus, baptize me with your Holy Spirit, with the evidence, the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. I connect my tongue with my spirit. The moment, listen to this, the moment you decide to speak in tongues is the moment the spirit of God will begin to create the utterance. The Bible says in Acts chapter two, verse four, it says, and they were all filled with the spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. When you make a decision to speak in tongues, the Spirit of God will begin to create the utterance. You don't have to wait for someone to lay hands on you. You don't have to wait for a wonderful service. You can speak in tongues right now. Just say, I'm going to speak in tongues. When you make that decision, the Spirit of God begins to create the utterance, and you just have to yield to him and let it out. And the Bible says, out of your belly or out of your spirit flows rivers of living water. And as you and I begin to yield to the Spirit of God, we, we experience these rivers, rivers, plural, of living water. Learn how to connect your tongue to your spirit and begin to pray in tongues. It's time, church, to grow up in prayer. It's time to grow up and pray more than a little shandai here and a little shandai there. But you got to spend some Hours, and I did say, that, say hours, hours praying in tongues. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be on your knees for hours, but that wouldn't hurt either. But spending time throughout the day, spending that consecrated time where you and God, where you're on your knees and you're crying out to God. As you pray in the spirit, you'll begin to experience and encounter God on another level. The spirit of God will begin to go after those things that are holding you back, begin to pray for generations to come, begin to pray for you to be conform to the image of Christ so that your fellowship with the triune God can go to another level. I cannot emphasize that enough. Verse 27, it says this. It says that, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. The spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Holy Spirit is praying according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I've heard this scripture ever since I was a little boy. Many people have used the scripture to say, for example, the car accident is working for my good. The cancer is working for my good. Coronavirus is working for my good. I want to submit to you that those are uh, erroneous ways of thinking. What this scripture is telling us is that the Spirit of God, by me yielding to the Spirit of God and uh, embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's prayers will work for my good. It's what the Holy Spirit is praying with me that is working for my good. It's not the, he's not talking about stuff in general. 
I like the little song called Intentional. He's intentional. And we know all things work together for my good, right? And a lot of times we're talking about, you know, people talk about the trials that are working for your good and the tribulation that, and then there might be some truths to that. But what I'm saying in this passage, Paul is talking about what the Spirit of God is praying is working for your good. If you and I will connect with the Holy Spirit, and not only in tongues, but also in our native tongue, those prayers are be will begin to work for our good. It's what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do in prayer that is working for our good. You and I are limited in our prayer life. We need the Word of God and we need the Spirit of God in order to learn how to pray. The Spirit of God will always pray in line with Scripture. He will never pray outside of the will of God. Praying in tongues is praying the will of God for us. Praying the Scriptures, praying from our heart is also ways in which we pray the Word of God. And because of that, all the things that the Spirit of God is leading us to pray will work for our good. We cannot pray we need the Holy Spirit in our prayer time. We need the intercession of the Spirit. The Spirit of God wants to intercede. There are areas, listen to me good, there are areas in our lives that we don't want God, we don't want God in those areas. Let me say it again. There are areas in our lives that we do not want God in. And that's that's because of our sinful nature. We want to keep God out. Perhaps it's that hurt. Somebody hurt us really bad. We want to keep him out of that area. And I'm here to tell you that if you'll yield to the Spirit of God, both in tongues and your native tongue, the Spirit of God will lead you to pray. He will begin to make intercession for us in areas that we have not yielded to the Spirit of God. Areas that we've kept back and perhaps there's a big giant wall and we don't want anybody to go beyond that wall and God wants to invade those areas. Praying in tongues will break those walls down. Praying in tongues, will the Spirit of God will deal with areas. He will put his finger on areas that we have, you know, we have kept to ourselves. Things that we have experienced and encounters, whether, you know, that were contrary to the word of God, things that are maybe it's procrastination, bad and ungodly habits. The spirit of God wants to break those areas. And he wants to deal with those things. Sometimes as you, as you and I yield to the spirit of God, the intercession of the spirit, we may begin to cry and weep and don't even know why. It's because the spirit is going after areas that we've held on to for years. Spirit of God wants to help us. He has not been sent to give us a few chills or for us to just shout and speak in tongues because we're excited. If the only time you speak in tongues is when you're excited, you're missing the purpose of tongues. The only time you speak in tongues is when you got a prophetic word, you're missing the purpose of tongues. The major purpose of tongues is to build us up into a greater relationship and fellowship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. My time is getting away. I want to just focus on a few more areas. We're called to pray for our needs and our desires, as well as we're called to pray for others. I know many times when people would focus on, oh, what are your, where are your intercessors? And there's a lot of emphasis on that, intercessory prayer. Well, the word intercession or intercessor, or, or, excuse me, intercessor or intercession is mentioned about three times in the New Testament. But you see supplication and petition mentioning, actually mentioned more than intercession. So don't limit prayer to intercession. It includes intercession, but there's a whole lot more to prayer than just intercession. I just want to make that point. Spirit of God, we're called to pray for others. And now I may say something that's controversial, which is okay. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of known for that. I don't believe there is a ministry of intercession, all right? I don't believe, and when, and when I say that, I'm saying, I don't believe that God has called a few people to be intercessors. 
Ooh, okay. What do you mean? I believe we're all called to intercede. If you are a Christian, you're called to intercede. The intercession call is for every believer. Now, I do believe that few will hear it and pick it up. I believe everyone is called to have a great prayer life. I think last week I said you're no greater than your prayer life. And I posted it on social media. People say, what do you mean? What if I don't ever pray? Don't you mean that I'm not valuable? Not in terms of your value to God, but in terms of his operation in your life. Anyone who God has used for his glory is a person that is a person of prayer. You will not grow or even be, be used of God in a way that God wants you to be used by him if you don't pray. God has called us, not just at KLM, but the church at large, to be people of prayer. And there is a great deficiency when it comes to prayer. We need to grow in prayer. I want us to have prayer as the foundation. I want the youngest person at Kingdom Living Ministries to the oldest person at Kingdom Living Ministries to learn how to pray and to pray effectively and to pray with the help of the Holy Spirit, to pray in faith, to pray in love, to pray beyond just their human understanding, but relying on the Holy Spirit, learning how both in English or na your native tongue or other tongues, learning how to flow with the Spirit of God in prayer. We're, we are called to pray. If you're, if you're saved, whether you belong to this church or not, you're called to pray. And we make a big deal out of a person who prays eight hours. But the truth be told, we all should be praying eight hours. What do you mean? We got to work. You're right. But you can pray before you get to work. And, you know, let's say you curve out, carve out 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour before prayer, before you go to work. Then you need to pray while you're getting dressed. <laughs> yeah, for those who have children, little children, pray while you're cooking. Pray on your way to work. Pray at the meeting at work. Some good to come out this sheet to go under your breath. Pray on your way home from work. Pray when you get home, having time with your family in prayer, having pray before you over your food. Pray over before you go to bed. Pray all the time. Paul said it like this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, to pray without ceasing, to pray without stopping. But I want you to rely on the Holy Spirit. Pray with the help of the Holy Spirit so that your praying won't be in vain. I believe that some people pray in vain. I prayed in vain. How do you pray in vain? You pray to be seen of others. I've, I've done that publicly where I prayed and, oh, Lord, da, 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 and it just draws attention to the person. Yeah, I've done it. <laughs> uh, I've seen a lot of people do it. And we need to pray beyond that. Let's not pray in vain. Let's not pray, let me say something over and over again thinking that God will hear me or trying to manipulate God into something that he doesn't want to do. Uh, there is a, a prayer where you petition God and you negotiate. I like to call it the prayer of negotiation. Never heard that term mixed with prayer before. But where you negotiate, where you're pleading your case. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says, come, let us reason together. And I, I never forget there was a young man who was facing death and I was pleading on his behalf to God. And I said, God, I, I ask that you will give him some more years on the earth. And I believe the Lord gave him about four or five extra years on the earth. You can, if when you know God, you can talk to God, say, God, I ask that you extend this person's life. God, give him mercy. Give them mercy. Lord, give them extra years on the, on the earth. Get them out of debt. I, I'm, I'm persuaded that a lot of things we don't experience because we don't pray. The Bible says in James, it says, we have not because we ask not. And when we do ask, we ask for wrong motives. Some people are asking to be a millionaire. But why do you want to be a millionaire? You need to check your motive. God, I want to be a If you're not tithing off of $5, you're definitely not going to tithe off of a million. That's just, that's the bottom line because it's not in you. 
If you can't tithe off of what you're struggling, what you got and you're struggling now, you're not going to tithe off of it once. You, I, I can't even tell you how many people have told me when the Lord called me to be the pastor here at Kingdom Living Ministries, oh, if I ruin the lottery, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. Or when I get some more money, I'm going to bless you. No, it never happened. It never happened. You, you got to start where you are. And if you only have to, and, and, and so I'm translating, I'm, I'm moving forward. If you only have 20 minutes, learn how to maximize that 20 minutes. Let those 20 minutes be a time with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has been sent to help you. I'm not just talking about praying in tongues. You need to pray a lot in tongues. Some of y'all still haven't yielded to the Spirit. Y'all, there's something, and I break that over you right now in the name of Jesus. There's something in you that's resisting being filled with the Spirit. Be free from that in Jesus' name. Be free from that. You need to open your eyes. You see it's in the scriptures. Go ahead and yield to the Spirit and speak in tongues now. Don't resist the Spirit. The Spirit of God wants every person, Acts 2.38, every person, including your children, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak in other tongues. It is God's will for every child of God to speak in other tongues. Also, we need to yield to the Spirit. I'm on to something else. We need to yield to the Spirit when it comes to praying in our native tongue with the help of the Holy Spirit. Learn to connect your tongue to your spirit and pray God's perfect will in English or in Spanish or in Creole or whatever language you may speak in. Begin to connect and be sensitive to the Spirit. We were talking about this one time during our prayer, corporate prayer on the Zoom, that everybody, I was talking to the ministers actually, People come to me all the time and they says, I need you to pray for me or pray about this. And especially, I, I don't like this. And if you've done this, you need to repent of this. Pastor, I want you to pray for me, but it's an unspoken request. What, what can I pray? I can't pray anything. There's nothing for me to attach my faith to because it's unspoken. I mean, if you, if you have enough nerves to ask me to pray for you, you should have enough confidence to ask me to pray about something specific that I'm going to keep between you and I and God. So don't just pray unspoken, unspoken prayers. I, don't, I mean, there's what well, I don't even know what I'm praying. Well, you're a man of God. Well, listen, God gives you common sense. The Bible says if, if you're in the hospital, call for the elders. The elders is not like, oh, so-and-so is in the hospital. We need to go check. No, it, it might happen. But you, if you're in the hospital, you need to call the person. Or you've, if you're going through a situation and we don't know about it, and you're a member here at the church, you need to call us and let us know so we can pray with you and try to help you naturally if we can. But if you don't ever say anything, I, we don't know what you're going through. So don't be full of pride and says, they, they're not spirit-filled. They're not spirit-led because if they were spirit-led, they would call me. Not necessarily. You need to call your pastor or call the elders or call the ministers and call for some help. Don't just sit back and expect God to drop something down on a person and give them everything that's going on about you. No one knows. I don't care how anointed that person is. They will not know everything there is about you and what's going on with you. I continue. Learning. So I was on the Zoom call to the ministers and I was encouraged them. Don't be so quick to pray what a person asks you to pray for, but be quick to listen to the spirit and follow the leadership of the spirit because they may come. I've, I've seen this. They may come for healing and God wants to pray. God wants to deal with their unforgiveness because he knows that unforgiveness is the key for them to receive their healing. So the Spirit of God may have you pray and even talk to them about unforgiveness before you get to the healing. Sometimes when I pray for people who are sick, the first thing I often go to is, hey, are you saved? Are you walking with Christ? Are you okay with God? Because if you don't get healed, not because God doesn't want you to be healed, but you don't receive your healing, will you land up in a place called heaven? You know, so you need to be sensitive to the spirit. Learn how to follow the leadership of the spirit. Continue real quick. I'm going to have to stop because my time is out. I, I just have too much to go. So first application is ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to pray. Praying with the Holy Spirit is relying on him, not only in tongues, but also in your native tongue. Learning to lean on him. 
learning to trust him to help you. you you're not going to always be anointed when you pray. You're not always going to feel something when you pray. I, I venture to say most of the time you won't feel anything. Most of the time it may sound seem like it's dull, it's boring. It doesn't sound like sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. Forget about that. Learn how to pray with the Holy Spirit and grow in that grace. The more faithful you are with what God has given you in prayer, he's going to increase it over time. And it may take months and day, days, months, in years or even decades, learn to be faithful with where you are to learning how to pray with the Holy Spirit, learning to rely on the Holy Spirit, learning to look to him. You look to him. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to pray. When you next time you pray, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Help me to pray. And he will help you. The Holy Spirit will help you to pray. He will help you. He wants to help you. If you're here to, today, here, not like in the present, in my presence, but viewing this online, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The first prayer that God will answer for you is the prayer of salvation. You need to call upon him. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. If you're, if you're not saved and you want to know more about this Jesus, more about this Holy Spirit, more about tongues, I want to first invite you to come to the kingdom of God. How do you get saved, Pastor Dwayne? First, you got to acknowledge that you are a sinner and you need Jesus. We all need him. And second, you must acknowledge his lordship. The Bible says whosoever confesses that Jesus is Lord. And then you got to believe that he died on the cross for your sins and that he was raised from the dead on the third day. When you confess that and believe that, that's the moment that you are saved. Salvation is not about all these do's and don'ts. Well, I can't go back to the club or I can't cuss or I can't sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. That's not my spouse. It's not about those things. It's about receiving Jesus, calling upon him, acknowledging that you cannot save yourself and nothing that you do, nothing that you say outside of confessing him as Lord can save you. You can't earn his salvation. His, 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 the salvation that Jesus has is a free gift. And the only thing you have to do is receive it. Receive him today. So I invite you to pray this prayer with me and mean it with all your heart. Jesus died for your sins Father God loves you so much that he sent his son to die in your place so that you and I could be with him forever. The ultimate goal of Christianity is to know God and to walk with him and to fellowship with him. It's much more about God meeting your physical needs, much more than God just meeting your financial needs or your spiritual needs. The greatest need that you and I have is to be born again, to, call, to, to have him come inside and change us. So pray this prayer with me for the first time if you never received Christ. And if you're in a backslidden condition and you haven't been walking with Christ, I ask you to pray this prayer and repent and ask God to restore your fellowship with him. He never left you, but you might have left him. And I'm asking you to come with him. Come to come back to him. You know, run back to him. Run to the father because he's waiting with his arms wide open for you to receive him. Today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. And if you'll call upon the name of Jesus, Jesus will save you. Wherever you are, you may be looking at this in Uganda or in the Philippines or in Russia. Wherever you may be, or in a small town in Mississippi, you may be looking at me in a country town. I invite you to come and to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus died for your sins so that you and I could be forgiven and reconciled to God the Father. This life is all about God and about his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I invite you, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. And I believe with my heart that God has raised him from the dead.
and I confess with my mouth that he's my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Father, for receiving me into your arms. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming inside. Jesus, baptize me with your spirit that I may receive my prayer language. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we have some information that we would like to send to you. You can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at kingdomlivingnj.org. Info at kingdomlivingnj.org. And we'll send you a Bible. We'll send you some information to help you along this journey called life, this walk of faith. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.